Are you an investigative professional? Have you heard about the investigatorstoolbox.com? Check out this exclusive online community for networking, learning, and data resource management. The Toolbox is a one-stop shop for all your investigative needs. Check out our robust collection of forums, our comprehensive learning page, and our expansive library of OSINT research tools. We've just released an app for both iOS and Android, so you can access the site seamlessly right off your phone. We have also partnered with some amazing companies like Crosstracks, Delpoint, IRB, ScopeNow, the Hetherington Group, PI Magazine, PI Gear, Merlin Locate Services, Paravin, the PI Institute of Education, and so many more. They're offering over $1,250 worth of discounts and benefits exclusively to community members today. Use code PIP201836 and save 10% on your membership. That's www.investigators-toolbox.com. Crosstracks case management system. That is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with Crosstracks now a little over a year, and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 Type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that they're encryption system is second to none and you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that and they have so you know with certainty your data is being protected i don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 type 2 certification as you guys know i've been uh, you know singing the praises of cross tracks and uh, i really believe in this product and i believe you should check it out Contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there, and see if it's right for you. Crosstracks case management system, check it out today. Welcome to this week's show. Today, our guest is Texas PI and stiletto spy, Catherine Torres. Catherine is the current president of Tally, the Texas Private Investigator Association. Catherine brings a great wealth of experience to her role as president and has some great events planned for the conference. It's not too late to sign up, you know. So let's join Catherine Torres and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Well, this week we are staying in Texas. And uh, what better way to stay in Texas than to highlight the uh, Texas Association event that's coming up at the end of the month. I'm really honored to have the president of Tally with us today. Catherine Torres, I want to welcome you to the program. How are you? I'm great. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So uh, I had my first visit out to Tally um, or actually to Texas for the Nally <laughs> conference a couple months ago or, or yeah, I guess it's almost two months now. Um, and it was my first trip out there other than flying into Dallas and transferring to a plane. Wow. I love that state. Texas is awesome. I had such a good time. But but you haven't been to Texas until you've been to Fort Worth. That's what Fort I hear. Fort Worth is the heartbeat of everything Texas. Yeah, I hear that. And uh, I have some friends there too, some other investigators that are from there. And that's, I've heard that. So um, I, I'm really excited. I'm actually coming out for like a, a week just to spend a little extra time and catch up with some people. So um, really, really good stuff. And uh, I, I've just been so impressed by um, Texas private investigators. The more and more I meet, um, and I, I know a few from around different places, but the more and more I meet around uh, and being in Texas, man, just what a great bunch of people. 
Uh, I'm excited to meet people in Tally uh, that I don't know. Um, my exposure to Tally was limited through like Cali events that were, you know, the big three hosting. So I, I haven't really attended anything yet. And I'm very, uh, very excited for that. So uh, before we jump into all the conference stuff, um, you've had a great career. Uh, I heard you recently on uh, the PI Magazine podcast. Um, but for folks who, who have not listened to that, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into the business. Well, first I'll say um, my personal side, I'm the mother of five, grandmother of 19, and wow. two more on the way, and actually two great-grandchildren. Of course, they're not all blood grandchildren. Um, when these next two are born, 11 will be blood grandchildren, but that really doesn't matter because they're all Mimi's grandchildren. Yeah. Um, I got into this. Well, my background is I have well over 20 years of law enforcement experience. And um, my last paid pro uh, position in law enforcement was the chief of police of Cockrell Hill. Right. And I ran for Dallas County Sheriff and, of course, giving up my position as chief of police. But I still am a commissioned officer through a former agency that I worked um, so that I can continue to get some of the training because of my personal areas of expertise that I did in law enforcement, I've carried into my PI world. Okay. So um, when I first got into this, while I was running for sheriff, I met Gil. And at that time we started dating. And when I no longer had my job and I didn't win um, past the primaries for the sheriff's position, he said, well, you know, I'm, I, got my PI license and you could help me with that. But then shortly after I got a position as the director of security for our Infomart building, which is a huge tech building in Dallas. So I had that job and I, I made really good money there. Although the job was extremely boring, uh, the money was great, but all of a sudden the layoff started. And that that's when our entire country, I mean, people were being laid off left and right everywhere. So mm -hmm. since I was fairly new, I got laid off. And um, that's when he went back to circle back to, hey, you know, I took my license. I have my PI license. You could help me get this off the ground. So being in law enforcement, you'll think it's strange that I learned how to market there. But I was in the D.A.R.E. program. I was a D.A.R.E. officer for over 17 years. And part oh, wow. of our training okay. was we had to learn about marketing so that we could teach kids how they are influenced by marketing on television, radio, music, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I knew, I remembered an awful lot about it. And I helped him. I said, one thing I know is you go where the people are. You don't wait for them to come to you. So I helped him get his business off the ground. And one of our first cases um, was, I can't remember the very first case, but they learned that I did crimes against children in law enforcement. And so that was like our second case was a crimes against children case. Word started spreading about the work that we did on his case. And attorneys found out he's retired from the FBI. I'm a former police chief. And so attorneys were, they were very interested and especially in someone who knew crimes against children. And I did such a good job on that, that word spread even more. And Gil and I dated for over two years and he had not decided to ask me to marry him yet. And I started getting a little antsy thinking, you know, 
here I am starting this man's business, doing all this work for his business. I don't even know if he's going to marry me, marry me or not. So I don't want to assume that somebody's going to take care of me. So I'm just going to go and take the test myself and start my own practice. Right. You nearly hit the ceiling at first. <laughs> Why are you doing that? But afterwards, he understood that marketing is everything and being able to get women to trust someone when they're going through a lot. Yeah. Sometimes they only want to talk to a woman. So I got, got my kids together to help them to come up with a name for my business. I said, what one thing can we promote where women will instantly know that it's a woman owned business? And I had already done the female PI group on LinkedIn and I used lipstick. So I didn't want to go with that. And so they're thinking around and, and um, my daughter's best friend, who was like my daughter, she goes, you know, no one would guess stilettos were for a man. And I was instantly when she said stilettos, I said, stilettos spy. And then I thought, oh, but if men work for me and company. So that's how I came up with stilettos buying company. And mm -hmm. it's a it's a hit for even judges. They the the logo is interesting and the name is catchy. Mm -hmm. And it, so it makes it easy whenever people try to remember who I am. Yeah, I think like, you know, when we all start our own businesses, we struggle with what we're going to do. I was just uh, talking with Mark um, Gillespie about this, actually, in the last episode. And he was talking about, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to name my business? He ended up going with uh, Gillespie, right? So he used his name, which, you know, is apparently is the big no-no if you ever want to sell your business. Um, but I, I know, like, for me, I, I struggled about it, too. I prayed about it. You know, it's like, oh, God, give me a sign. Like, how, what, what's the name of my business? And I just, I kept seeing like a satellite image you know and just having that overhead you know you know um you know being able to look at everything and now it's like the attorney's like my nickname's satellite matt you know call satellite matt so like it it all worked out the only downfall that is I a had, good name and and it says something yeah. you know the overview of something so yeah. i get so, that so the downfall i get is the folks that have tinfoil on their head that are looking for the satellite images of themselves from you know 20 years ago and that you know convinced that the government's trying to follow them so i get to deal with those phone calls every now and then and i try and do it with a little bit of kindness but uh, sometimes it's a little strange we do we we do handle some of those cases yeah. um we thought ethically about it gil talked to some attorneys like asking advice because we certainly don't want to take advantage of them and Right. Because we are the ethical people that we are, we will go ahead and take on some of those cases, but we are we give some parameters and uh, there may be even a time where Gil will ask them or require of them that they have to have uh, a mental health evaluation sure. um, yeah. while we're doing it. So there's... There's been a few times where we've taken on a few of those, but yeah, they're extremely difficult to work with. And it's, it's very sad because you want to help them. Yeah. And I mean, we know of one man, he was a very good friend of one of the guys who works under our license. He was a very good friend to him and he wound up committing suicide because he just couldn't take it. Yeah, it's uh, mental health is no joke. It's uh, definitely uh, a little bit crazy. And, you know, in our line of work, we see stuff like this, right? We see people that are that are having issues, especially if you cater a lot to dealing with the everyday, you know, per, public person, right? Who has the, the need for, you know, some sort of investigative type work. You know, it's not just matrimonial stuff. It could be missing persons. It could be, 
you know, lost air, it could be any of this stuff, but there's always that aspect of, of, you know, the human factor there. And, and if the mental status of people, um, and we I know, usually, we usually see them at their very worst point. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I used to get frustrated when I did matrimonial because, um, I would catch people and, uh, then there'd be a reconciliation, right. And then, you know, four or five months later, the same person is coming back and asking you to do the work again. Um, and, and to me, it, that was just something I, uh, I didn't have really have a taste for it. Right. So I'm more along the lines of personal injury and helping people that have been injured. I just, it, it feels right to me. Um, and I made that conscious decision to really focus in on that, but it's, it's good to see that, uh, you know, you guys are open to doing all different types of, of work. Um, so what primarily you our work is criminal defense. Yeah, we do some of the other, but because we're from law enforcement backgrounds, almost yeah. everything, I would say 85% of my caseload is criminal defense. Mm-hmm. And because in law enforcement, I did crimes against children cases. I would say out of my criminal defense work, at least half of my work is crimes against children cases. That's mm-hmm. where the word spreads to all the other attorneys. I have a couple of attorneys who use me for all of their cases, whether it's a capital murder or burglary, whatever. Um, But I have many attorneys who that's what I'm their go-to person for crimes against children cases. Yeah. And I'm sure like with the internet now and and just the advances in technology and and human trafficking is such a, a hot topic, right? I would say the past three or four years, it's really gained steam with folks being aware of it. I mean, it's been around forever, but I don't think folks really, really want to think about or know about it other yeah. than, you know, Chris Hansen on hardball, you're seeing some creep uh, getting set up. You're not really seeing too much until right. recently. Right. Um, I agree. And, and now it's a big, it's a big thing. And, and the, the private investigator in our industry is so important because sometimes people would rather talk to a non-law enforcement type person. Right. So you're able to, to, to push those issues and, and really uncover things. Uh, in a different way. So there's definitely a, a market for it. And it's great that you have that background. It's very admirable. Well, a lot of people um, actually, even myself, when I first started doing it, I felt like I was getting people who were guilty, you know, to get them innocent, you know, right. found right. not guilty. And I felt at first like I was helping the bad guys get off. Thank goodness my very first case was an innocent person. Right. That helped me. But then my next case, I didn't really think he was innocent. And, you know, I started really evaluating myself and what I was doing. But it took me about seven years of doing this right. to finally be proud of myself for what I do, because I I didn't want to tell a single cop what I did because they would think I was, you know, on the on the really dark side. Right. But now I understand that if I do everything correct. Meaning I turn every stone that can possibly be turned in the investigation I do on this case. I don't care if the person's guilty or innocent that I'm representing. I still want to turn every single stone because if they're guilty, then I have done everything to cover the attorney so that there is no room for a criminal appeal. So the person will stay gone if they are found guilty. If they are not guilty, then I do everything I can to try to help make sure that they don't go to prison. Yeah, I I did a a very, very interesting episode recently with Kitty Haley on uh, post-conviction investigations. 
And that was an eye opener for me because you know, like you're talking about here, you know, of being able to show that, you know, something wasn't done the way it was supposed to be done is really whether or not you can actually go that route. Right. It, it, it's, right. it's not even a matter of, you know, um, new evidence. It, it's more along the lines of, of negligence of what, what they were supposed to do, if I understood right. correctly. Correct. Um, on, on doing that stuff. It's really fascinating. And uh, yeah, just you can see how you would get buried in your casework very quickly. There's a lot to do. Right. Well, there can be a lot. And a lot of it depends on the, because a lot of this work is court appointed. Most of the time when people get arrested, they lose their jobs in these cases. So they have no money. So right. they usually have to have court appointed attorneys and court appointed investigators. And generally, depending on the county I work in, but generally the judges will go ahead and give as long as we have good reason for why we need continued um, authorizations to do more work, orders appointing or orders asking for additional funds or whatever. Um, It's when someone doesn't have the money, like on a private pay case, that's when I get really concerned because I can't do a lot of pro bono work, especially while I'm on the tally board, because I do a lot of pro bono for tally. Um, But it's clear that people who have money have a better defense Mm -hmm. uh, because they can pay that person to hit the the street and go look for the witnesses that need to be found. And some of them aren't easy to find. And sometimes you may have to sit on them for a long time, waiting to catch them where where they will talk to you face to face. Sure. It can be pretty expensive. No, you're, you're absolutely right. That's a, that's an excellent point. You know, um, it's, um, I guess it's probably one of the reasons here in New York, they really worked on bail reform too. There was always that idea that, that folks that, um, that don't can't afford a good attorney don't get the same shake that somebody who can afford an attorney. And Listen, there are two sides to that argument. Uh, I've got mixed feelings about bail reform uh, only because I've seen here in New York how it has affected the criminal's attitude on getting caught. (laughs) So it seems folks are a little more um, uh, liberal with curbing their behavior. (laughs) Well, because I know our state is considering bail reform right now, and I don't want it to be at the point where it's harder for someone to make bail because then they lose their job. And yeah. once they lose their job, they're dependent on taxes to support them. Yep. Um, if they stay locked up, I mean, there's some people in, in, in the cases I work, because I work so many cases with crimes against children where someone's falsely accused. I feel like I have another one of those cases right now. The guy is locked up, but because he is an ex-con, then, and he's on permanent uh, parole, then he's immediately arrested on a blue warrant and he's very sick with cancer and could die so he can get no bail. Right. Well, it looks like he's going to die in prison before he ever gets any kind of hearings or trial because he's not out where he can get the, the medical care that he needs. Right. right. So those kind of things are kind of scary. 
Yeah, definitely a little bit scary. Um, so let, let's take a right turn a, a, little, a little bit before we take a break. I want to talk um, about your experience in being in Tally and, and, and rising up to being president. Uh, how, how long uh, have you been a member of Tally and how long have you served on the board there? Well, the first conference I went to was the World Investigator Conference where TLO introduced their product. Yep. My first conference to ever go to as a private investigator. And I didn't join that year, but I joined the following year, I think in 2012 or 2013. That's mm -hmm. when I became a member. And I would go to the meetings and get the free training because if you went in person, you could get free training. So I knew I needed that for my CEs. And, I, and the way things were done back then, I was kind of like, well, at least I'm getting my training. But as time evolved, I, be, I actually ran for the region director because the, the newer region director who was getting some really good training in, well, he was done. He'd run his two years and that was it. He didn't have time to do any more. And I was like, oh, but he could run another term, but he just wasn't going to do it. No one else seemed to be interested in, well, no, Carol Tharp, who later became president, she became the new region director and she kind of continued the way that he was doing it. And then she was done and someone needed to run. So I decided to run then. And, right. uh, and then she became president. Because I had been in law enforcement in the DARE Officers Association, I was on the board of the Texas DARE Officers Association for many years. And I liked the leadership because I knew I love to help right. others. Um, I knew I was helping in the region, but sometimes you see certain leaders and maybe their style, or maybe you see where they don't take other people's suggestions where you see that something could really benefit others. And uh, that's when I decided, uh, well, I've run out of my four years. I did two success, succession terms as a region two director. And then I ran for an at-large position and then the position for president came open and I thought I'm going to run because I have ideas and I want to make things even better for Tally than what they already are. Right. So I ran and I, I won and <laughs> I was kind of surprised that I even won the, the one before, uh, the at-large position. I made an enemy when I ran for the at-large position, but that's okay. That happens uh, in nonprofits. As you, I'm in the same way in New York, right? So I'm the first vice president over, over there. And there are definitely some people there that, that aren't a fan of mine just because I, I make too much noise. And uh, I have the same passion that you have for, you know, wanting it to be the very best and, and uh, you know, do things. I don't, I don't like to settle. Why yeah. settle with mediocrity yeah. when I, I see Tally as being the absolute best of all the state associations, not just because we're the biggest state, but because we have so much talent here and yeah. because of our friendliness, because we always reach for the biggest. So let's do it and make tally the premium of all associations. So one of the things I was fighting for when I was just a member was that the people who lived outside of the region meeting areas, like 
There was one in Fort Worth, one in Dallas, San Antonio, down in Corpus, in Houston, and in Austin. But if you didn't live near there, it wasn't advantageous to drive over an hour to get there, stay for an hour and a half, and drive over an hour to get back for one CE hour. Mm -hmm. I wanted the people who lived in Midland, Odessa, they had their own region, but the region was so huge, it's so sparse that it makes it almost impossible to have region meetings there. Up in Lubbock and the Valley and El Paso, we would try things, but it wasn't working. I wanted everybody to have access to the same free CEs that we were getting if we went in person. Right. So I started doing the research and had a lot of naysayers on the board that they felt like, no, if they're getting, no one will come to these conferences if we have all these free CEs. So we're in a testing ground right now. Sure. We're no, testing to show that people will come to these conferences because the networking and the education is so profound that they can't possibly miss it. They yeah. can get all the free CEs. We don't have to have them as, as uh, powerful and, and such strong training as we do at a conference, but right. they're still getting free CEs. But right. at the conference, I'm trying to hit them hard with yeah. some of the best training they could ever well, get. I think this is a great place to take a break because when we come back, we're going to talk about all that great training. Uh, it's impressive, the lineup. Uh, I was just going through and taking a look. And uh, it, it's just a, such a, a wide spectrum of, of things that are available there. So um, I'm going to ask everybody to sit tight. We'll, uh, we're going to jump out real quick for uh, sponsors. And when we come back, we will dig into the Tally 50th Annual Conference, which is awesome. So everybody sit tight. Are you overwhelmed with your current caseload? Could you use some help with your skip trace assignments? With Merlin Locate Services, rather than adding staff, you can add an entire skip trace department of licensed private investigators who specialize in skip tracing. Check out MerlinLocate.com today. When you work with Merlin Locate Services, you bring on a valuable experience and trusted extension to your team. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the InvestigatorsToolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Delft Point keeps on advancing. The commonality search is here. The new data is unlike anything they currently offer and will go in depth into your target's assets and relationships. Use them on everything from jury research and associate connections to business investigations and fraud cases. You don't want to miss these. Visit DelftPoint.com for more details. Sign up and use code PIP20 for additional savings. The surveillance issue for PI Magazine is here, so make sure you check out all the great content available in this special edition. Get it online or via hard copy. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. I'm here with Catherine Torres, the president of the Tally Association. Catherine, I want to welcome you back to the program. Thank you. So great to have you. And this is great. I, I really enjoyed hearing a little bit about your background and uh the type of work that you do and, and um, you know, how you're involved with Tally. So I forgot to tell you something though. 
Okay, go ahead. He asked me to marry him. Oh, there you go, right? Obviously. But I, I do know something. You guys don't work together, though. <laughs> Correct. Well, we do occasionally, right. but uh, we each have our own practice. And yeah, he isn't going to wear the stilettos. He's uh, not he's, a stiletto yeah. guy. That's good. Yeah, yeah, he's not a stiletto guy. He has Taurus investigations and I'm stiletto spots. So. Fantastic. Um, so that that's awesome. So the conference, right? 50th annual conference. That is amazing. Uh, you know, that that uh, someone's actually put an event on 50 times is, is pretty cool. Um, and you got a lot in store, right? It's it's uh, let's see, it's uh, August 25th through the 29th, I think is what I have here. Yes. Um, there's some pre-con days and a post-con day also. Yes. Um, let's jump in. Tell me about it. What's what's going well, on? With first, the it's in the greatest town ever in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. I got to select the town since I'm the president. I had no idea when I ran for president-elect that the 50th anniversary conference was going to be during my presidency. But right. it's probably a good thing because I am a hard worker. I don't shy away. I love the challenge. So I figure we are going to have the biggest, baddest conference ever, and I'm going to make sure of it. So um, when I say biggest, baddest, I'm talking the best door prizes, the best speakers, the best entertainment, um, the maximum number of vendors. I mean, this is like all out, going all out for everyone. And we have commemorative gifts. We have a printed newsletter that if they, if they come to the conference, they get the newsletter. If, if not, they have to do the digital format. But right. also if they come to the conference, I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but this is the um, a little closer the thing. plaque that people are going to get if they come to the conference. It's a member plaque because sure. I started thinking about it as president. I signed up for NCISS and I got this beautiful plaque and I was like, why do we just give a piece of paper and we look less than NCISS? This is Tally. We're yeah. the biggest, we're the best. We have to have a plaque for our people who join so that they feel that significance and they have someone something to hang on a wall because not everybody who gets involved in a new business has anything to help their customers to see them with some kind of clout. Some, so some, yeah. so the people who come get their member plaque. So and and we have commemorative gifts. I mean, we're just going all out. That's great. That's great. So, so then let me tell you about the speakers. I want yeah, to get the speaker line. So on Wednesday, Wednesday is the night of four free hours. If they go to, if they sign up for any day of the conference, they get to come Wednesday for any, for these four free hours. One, we have the Alliance for Children that's going to be there to talk about their role in uh, cases uh, involving uh, family matters, especially children. Sure. Uh, we have, um, the, the title has changed a tad because Sean Dunn, who is our, uh, our legal counsel for Tally, um, he got called up because he's part of the Marine National Guard, and he will be serving our country in the war room at the Pentagon for the next three months. So Kelly Riddle has agreed to take his place, and it's going to be an ethics class, but it's going to be talking about legal issues that private investigators get involved in sometimes because they're kind of going over the edge of either recording or taking photographs or use of a drone, those expectations of privacy, GPS devices. 
they're going to be talking about some of those legal aspects. Then we have um, our platinum sponsor is TLO, and they are going to come and speak on beyond the basics for doing uh, database mining. So they're going to teach us how to utilize databases better. Then uh, James Nows from PI Magazine is going to teach marketing, and who better than James Nows Nows for marketing? I think that's awesome. Then we have four pre-conference trainings. One is for people who are not private investigators. We hope everybody will send this out and market this class. It's called So You Want to Be a PI. I twisted my husband's arm to teach this class. But this is seven hours of helping people to decide if they want to get into this industry or not. What you need, what skill sets, what talents you need, and some real expectations that would be expected of you in this business. Then we have um, civil process. The people who were going to become a new civil process server will be in the pre-con and just a regular process server update class will be in the post-con. And then we have scene investigation and assessment evaluation by Manny Reyes. He is a former Fort Worth homicide detective, retired. He worked homicides for years. He is not just going to do a crime scene, He has a mock scene that he is setting up. People have to evaluate the scene. And one of the things they have to do is try to figure out, was it an an accident or was it a crime? So that'll be an exceptional class. Then we have Wes Bearden, who is our former former legal counsel for Tally for years, is going to teach courtroom testimony. And a lot of PIs, they might be great at PIs, but then all their work can be shredded by the opponent. (laughs) the opposing counsel, if you don't know how to be really good on the stand. So these are like super hard hitting uh, pre-conference training. This is great. He's a, he's a great speaker. I've seen him speak a few times. He's awesome. Yes. He's very seasoned. Yeah. Then we go to the actual conference day. We have a speaker from the women's center to talk about women's who have gone through uh, abuse or sexual assault. Uh, We have our next speaker is hard hitting. His name is Dr. Robert Benjamin, and he is going to talk about DNA profiling procedures, results, and interpretation. And a lot of people don't understand everything about DNA and how it can so easily be transferred and how someone can talk about, well, your DNA was here. Well, what DNA, how much of it? Right. And there's different types. And I didn't understand all this, but this man is a genius. He is, he's considered an expert in court. So there's one subject matter expert. Then we have Dr. Don, uh, John Danyalt. He is going to speak on the memory of sexual assault victims. This is hard hitting because he is able to talk about how the reliability of someone who's been sexually assaulted, their testimony may not be as reliable as you would think it should be. Sure. That's huge. So he is also another subject matter expert. Then our luncheon, we have a keynote luncheon speaker um, that I met by him teaching a class for us. He is a retired special agent with the FBI. He and a DEA agent were actually captured by the cartel and they survived. Wow. So he is our keynote luncheon speaker. He's going to talk about that. And, uh, the standoff with the Gulf cartel is the name of it, but he has been on the discovery channel, I think. 
where they did uh, capture by the cartel and survived. Um, Then we have, one of the focuses that we tried to do for Friday is that everything on that day would be based on sex involving cases and anything around sex. So we have sexual harassment in the workplace. It's investigating harassment in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, It is an attorney who deals with uh, harassment uh, employment cases that have to do with sexual harassment. Then we have someone from the sex offender registry with DPS. She's going to come talk to us. Then we have another um, uh, subject matter expert. Her name is Dr. Emily Fallis, and she's going to talk. It's not the role of forensic psychologists. It's, she's actually going further to talk about if someone is going to be, uh, their sanity is going to be questioned. So she's going to talk about sanity issues. Wow. That, that's huge. Then, so that's all day in class that Friday. Well, I'll wait for the entertainment stuff. I'll go through the next Saturday. We have photogrammetry. Uh, Troy Wellman uh, used to be a law enforcement officer. He worked when I was a police chief. He worked under me. He is a drone pilot, but he knows how to take these great images and sew them in together to make a 3D image model And he can sew 3D image models or photographs into a video. He can can enhance the model to show um, animation to it to help a jury and a judge to better understand what the case is trying to represent or what one side or the other is trying to represent. It's great when it has to do with trajectory or the overall viewpoints that some people may not understand, like crowd sizes or type types of buildings, heights of building, all of that comes into play. So he did a capital murder case um, with my husband. And um, it was really awesome to see how he stitched all these things together. He even took Air One's video of them when they did the arrest and plugged it into the video he made for the presentation for the jury. Because when you're looking at something in the dark, it's right. kind of hard to understand everything. So he would go back and forth from uh, a, an image that he created into the image of the actual video and go back and forth. It, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, really. so then we have two hours of turbocharger online research skills. So how to find more information in less time. Mm-hmm. And the bonus section session is opposition research. We're always getting calls from people who are running for office and they need their opposition research done. So this is going to also tap into that. And that's uh, Toletta's doing that one, I think, right? Toletta Copeland. Yeah, she's going to be teaching that. Then we have, and she's incredible. Then we will uh, come back and have how to build your own DNA test kit locating, collecting, storing DNA, and how to build your own DNA test kit. Everyone will walk away with their very own DNA test kit to take home in case they ever need to collect DNA (laughs) and send it in. Then we have another uh, subject matter expert from Dr. Aaron Pierce. He's going to talk about false allegations. Then we have James Nanos coming back for surveillance, how to do pre-surveillance assessments. And... Then we go to the postcon. There's only two more on postcon. A half a day 
of um, Basic Principles of Investigative Case Management by Daniel Fuentes, the same one who is our keynote speaker. And then we that day will end, the last half of the day is the dark web and OSINT with David Gallant. And David Gallant is a very seasoned speaker trainer. So we have such great speakers. It's absolutely amazing. Is amazing. So tell me a little bit about the entertainment stuff before we wind down over here. So what what are the, what's some of the fun things we'll be doing there? Okay, besides all the great networking with all the great people in Tally, because that that's a big deal. Yeah, we have such fun people. They're so friendly. People aren't used to all the hugs and and the and the howdies and all that. How many members are in Tally? Uh, we have, I think we're at approximately 550. We nice. lost some yeah. due to COVID and some people closing their businesses. Sure, yeah. I mean, we were at 650 last year. So some some businesses got hit hard and some people who were considering retiring went ahead and just, yeah, they well, closed this is, down. This is why we got to have conferences to get people back in, on track and get new folks out. The, the, the idea that you're uh, doing that so you want to be a PI uh, that Gil's doing, that's that's amazing because that yeah. is. And I'm hoping people will put that on their Facebook pages and promote it everywhere they can because people need real, truthful explanations about what it's like about being a PI because we know one, he went to a PDI class, he got licensed and he's already shut his business. We know several who went through that class and they've shut their business down because they did all the training, but no one told them all the true explanations and expectations yes. of it. So mm-hmm. I think that's an important class. You got to do it. So go back okay. to entertainment. Some of the fun stuff before we wrap up here. Yeah. So after those pre-conference classes on Thursday, they're going to end at four o'clock because from four to five thirty, we'll have our big vendor reception. And I have 25 vendors. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a big reception. Awesome. And we're even having a mashed potato bar where people will get martini glasses because it was kind of like an anniversary type of thing. And their, their mashed potato bar, they put it in their martini glass. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> I figured this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, cool. Then we all hop in the shuttle and the shuttle is going to take them to the stockyards for to really see what real Cowtown is like because our main street and that whole stockyards area is still very authentic. Then uh, it will go on to Billy Bob's and shuttle back around to the hotel for six hours straight. So people are just going to enjoy shopping, going into all the bars. And, and, and not like I'm trying to promote drinking. It's like going into all the bars. They have music. They have great musicians. They have great, um, uh, I'm trying to think what you call the building and and, and all their uh, iconic uh decorative iconic stuff that's inside all of that's super important to go see Uh, and then billy bobs uh they will have uh line dancing classes uh free line dancing from six to seven i think and then they'll have live music after that they have uh pool tables and um of course the uh the electric bull for bull riding contests and it's it's just going to be a lot of fun thursday Hopefully people don't drink too much because they got to get up early for the next day. It's a jam packed conference. Right. Breakfast is served at eight o'clock and that's our, well, breakfast is served at seven and our, our conference starts off with business meetings at eight o'clock both mornings. Nice. But Friday evening, when we get out of class, um, people are going to be given $25 to go into the city. We don't want people to sit in the hotel the whole time. 
We want them to say, I went to a conference and I actually got to see the city. So they get to go and eat wherever they want or spend their their 25 bucks, however they want. Go eat because there's restaurants all in downtown. They can ride Molly the Trolley, free transportation. They can ride it over to the electric bus and take the electric bus over to the 7th Street area where it's our museum uh, area. But there's also a whole new nightlife area over there with tons of different kind of bars and uh, different kinds of restaurants and stuff. But at 8.30, they need to hustle back to the hotel because we have the biggest surprise band of all called Party Machine. Party Machine is under the umbrella of Emerald City. And Gil and I have been volunteers for the Margarita Society to help them raise money for Christmas presents for the needy for years. And they have always hired Emerald City, which is the biggest, most awesome band ever. I mean, they are very well known in Texas. Right. Under their umbrella is Party Machine and another group. So it's like different sizes of bands. So instead of us having the 15-piece Emerald City, we have the nine-piece Party Machine. Music's all the same. We heard the smaller version and Gil and I were absolutely impressed going, they sound like Emerald City, don't they? It's kind of impressive with the music style and all that. We'll come to find out after I inquired, found out they are part of Emerald City. So it's pretty amazing. So the band will play from 8.30 to uh, 10, uh, hang on, 8 to to 9.30. And from 9.30 to 10, the hospitality suite will be opened. I'm closing it down at 11 because the hospitality suite is in my room. And I have to sleep because I have to get up at 6 a.m. to help get everything going for the next day. So that's all the things during the conference. But I decided to set up something in addition for because I know a lot of people like at the close of the conference, they don't go anywhere. They're just waiting for their transportation for the next day. They're going to travel early the next day. So we decided to do an after conference event. So the after conference is we walk out of the hotel, cross across the parking lot in the back, and we hop on the train. We have a thing here called TexRail. We're going to ride the train up to Grapevine, Texas, which Grapevine is known for their wineries, and they're also the Christmas capital of Texas. So they have all these quaint little shops, wine, little wine shops and antique shops. And there's a little restaurant up there called Will Hoyt's. It's right. a historical site itself. And they have live music that's usually some of the best bands around. So we'll all go and eat dinner together and hang out in Grapevine. And we'll hop on the train and take it back to the hotel when we're done. Awesome. Well, this sounds like an amazing event. And uh, I definitely encourage folks to check it out. It's not too late to sign up and uh, make your way out there. Um, Tally.org is where you want to go. And you want to click on the conference button. And uh, that'll give you all the details. Um, Catherine, how do folks get a hold of you if they have any questions? 817-676-7683. Great. Um, I'm I'm available. That's my cell number. That's my only number. So yes, you can always call me. I I keep myself available to people. I just want people to know that um, we're doing a lot of really hard work because we want to show everybody how uh, how much we appreciate them being a tally member. And if they're not a member, we hope they become one because we are giving some of the most awesome training 
People that are members get one free CE hour of training every month just by going on to our Zoom meetings. That's they don't great. have to leave their house or their office. They just sit right there. So now just in free trainings, that's 20 hours every two years. And that meets your 18 hour requirements for the state of Texas. So that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, thank we have you. a so lot much. of other benefits as well. That's, that's yeah. just the most important one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, you know, telling everybody about this stuff. And thank you for, for uh, telling us a little bit about your background and who you are. So I appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, go to the website, go check it out. I'm going to be out there. I'm one of the sponsors with investigators toolbox. I'm really, really excited uh, to be out there and, uh, and and see everybody and just uh, really see what, uh, what what Fort Worth is all about. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be there. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next show. We want to thank Catherine for coming on and giving us a spotlight on the conference. This really is an amazing event with an impressive roster of speakers. So please visit tally.org. TALI.org to register for this event. We'd also like to thank Crosstracks, Merlin Locate, PI Institute of Education, Del Point, and Tally for sponsoring our show. So please support our supporters. Have you checked out investigatorstoolbox.com yet? Now's the time to do so. Make sure you use code PIP201836 to save $20 when you join. And you can sign up right through the app, available on iOS and Android platforms. If you have a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back on Monday with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.